Welcome to the St. Richard's Episcopal Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Rev. Cameron Nations. For more information, please visit strichards.org. There are some things that are as old as the church itself. Our prayers, the Eucharist, the Apostles' teaching, stewardship letters. Yes, yes, that is true. There are some things as old as the church itself, and stewardship letters are one of those things, believe it or not. That sin has been inflicted on the church since the very beginning. And we know this because actually our reading from 2 Corinthians is part of a stewardship letter. It's part of a stewardship letter that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Um, You see, at the time, there was a famine in Judea, okay? This is important context. There was a famine in Judea, and so Paul had been writing to his congregations all around the Mediterranean and asking them for donations to go to help buy food for the poor in Jerusalem, and specifically the poor churches that were there in Jerusalem. And there's a lot behind this. One, I mean, one thing behind it is just it's a good act of Christian charity. The other thing was is that Paul was sort of at odds in some ways with the church in Jerusalem because Paul was, uh, he was primarily, you know, missionizing Gentiles, And uh, the Christians in Jerusalem were, by and large, though not exclusively, all Jewish converts. And so there was some tension there. And so Paul is raising money to send to the poor in Jerusalem during this famine. And we get a snippet of his stewardship appeal to the church in Corinth in today's reading, which is why it may, when you were, you know, looking at it in your bulletin and hearing it read, you were like, what is Paul talking about? There's a lot of pronouns, a lot of vagaries, a lot of works that have not been completed in something that they need to be doing. And just like stewardship letters today, Paul has trouble talking about money, okay? Paul's is very vague, but I think it's important to talk about. Okay, so this is, this is what Paul is writing about. He's writing his stewardship letter. Now, apparently, the part that we didn't read this morning, the first part of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul tells us that the church in Macedonia is actually doing quite well at uh, uh, finding funds, despite the fact, Paul says, that the church in Macedonia is actually very poor. They don't have much to give, but yet their generosity is kind of outstripping the Corinthians a little bit, and the Corinthians are actually pretty wealthy. The church in Corinth uh, has some money, and we know this because it was causing problems. Uh, I think I've mentioned before in sermons about how uh, in the church in Corinth, Paul gets on to them for uh, privileging the wealthy and letting them sit closer in church, and the, the ladies with fine jewelry get to take communion first. You know, Paul's like, you can't do that. That's not what... Come on, guys. Okay, and so, so Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and uh, if you can imagine it, like imagine one of our stewardship letters being like, come on, St. Richard's. St. Luke's on the lake is doing this for stewardship. Like, can you imagine that, right? But that's kind of what Paul's doing. He's like, the church in Macedonia has figured it out. So come on, Corinthians, okay? Um, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to read that first part of, of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 because it's important for where we're about to go next in this sermon. And so I'm going to read it to you because we didn't hear it this morning. So here it is, okay? This is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 8, verse 1 through 7. We'll go through 7. He says this. He says, 
We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means, he writes, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this not merely as we expected. And they gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us so that we might urge Titus. So Titus is also, uh, he's coming to collect the offering, okay, is another important piece of thing. Titus is on his way to Corinth to collect the offering and he's going to deliver it, okay. So, uh, so to us, so that we might urge Titus as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. And that's where our reading begins this morning. So the generous undertaking is the collection of this offering for um, the, the poor in Jerusalem. Okay, now why am I talking about this? The 8 o'clock was very much like, how dare you sneak in a stewardship sermon in June, this is not the time, okay? But I'm do, it has a purpose, okay? And it has a purpose because I think there are two things that Paul gets extremely right, extremely right about stewardship and generosity here in 2 Corinthians 8 that I wanted to speak to you about as we head into the summer and right before I'm about to take some time off to be with this baby who still just will not come out yet. Um, uh, but before I do that, I, I wanted to talk about this because it's actually very relevant to our life together as we prepare uh, to reinvigorate and reestablish all of our ministries come August, okay? So I've not been paying attention to my notes, so I've got to figure out where I'm supposed to be here. Okay, all right, so okay, so Paul's, Paul's writing this letter, uh, and he exhorts, as I said, the Corinthians to step up. And the idea, if you sort of you know, think back to what was just read to us, um, the idea being that uh, the Corinthians should not feel overburdened by this, but the idea is that people give according to their abundance so that neither is overburdened, but everybody has enough. This is kind of where Paul is going with this, okay? That concludes my notes on that. So here are Paul's two insights about financial stewardship that I think are very much worth considering today, um, especially for us as we're headed into this next season of ministry. So the first one is this. For Paul, financial giving, because he, of course, wouldn't have maybe used the word stewardship, but giving, because this is about giving and taking up an offering. For Paul, financial giving comes from an abundance, not primarily, okay, so not first of all, an abundance of money, but of grace, I'll say that again. For Paul, financial giving comes from an abundance not first of money, but actually an abundance of grace. Specifically, the grace that we have been given through Jesus Christ. Okay, This is what he says to the Corinthians, that it is out of this abundance of grace that we have been given through Jesus that animates and calls us to give of our money, okay? So that's the first thing. And the second thing 
that Paul says about stewardship here is that Paul sees money as a means by which Christians can actually extend grace to others through generous giving, okay? And I think this is really important because we tend to think of money maybe just in purely material terms, but Paul is really getting us, and the Corinthians, but us, to think about giving theologically as well, that our money can be a means by which Christians can extend grace through our generous giving. In this instance, the, the example is, right, somebody's hungry, the church in Jerusalem is hungry, They're, they have a famine, and so Christians have an opportunity to show someone grace by buying food for them. Right? That's a way that we can actually extend grace to someone is through the use of our material resources. And so in these two ways seeing our financial giving as an extension uh, or coming out of the abundance of grace we have received in Jesus Christ and seeing our money as a means by which we can extend grace to others. In these two ways, financial giving is for Paul an, an integral part of a life of discipleship. It's an integral part of a life of discipleship. And our giving should arise out of a spirit of generosity inspired by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that this should be the proper Christian posture for financial stewardship. Now, I think Paul is exactly right about this. And I think that these two points should animate any parish's understanding of financial stewardship and the culture that surrounds it. But I do think, though, that there is an unintended challenge or consequence posed by the way that uh, churches now often fund their mission and ministry. And I'm not just talking about St. Richard's. I'm talking about churches in general. The, the sort of way that churches fund our mission and ministry now leads to an unintended challenge around this. This is what I mean. In, in the contemporary church, right, stewardship is usually synonymous, as I joked at the beginning of the sermon, it's synonymous with a particular season, right? A like four to six week span usually um, somewhere in September, October, right? And that's, that is stewardship season. And uh, there's a campaign and it's got a theme and we send letters out, um, hopefully as eloquent as Paul's letters, I don't know, but we send, we send letters out and testimonials are given during announcements on Sundays. And all of this is done sort of to culminate in encouraging y'all to fill out a pledge card and turn it in, right? That's, that's what it's all about. Now, don't get me wrong, and I say this, just he's not here. Well, yes, he is here this morning. Okay, there's Tom. Tom, this one's for you. This is, I'm specifically saying this for you so that Tom does not get heartburn during this sermon. This is not a sermon preaching against pledge cards, nor is it a sermon preaching against pledging, okay? Don't, don't misunderstand me. Actually, both are really, really important. Uh, pledging is actually kind of vital to our life. Um, just practically speaking, it's what helps us set a budget for the upcoming year. It helps ministries plan and dream and think long term. And it helps us prioritize what initiatives that we can fund and which ones we might have to wait on a little bit. Okay, so pledging is really important. There's a lot of practical reasons why we ask you to fill out one of those cards. And there's a lot of reasons why we are immensely thankful every time you do is because it really is helpful to us. 
But, like I said, I think there is an accidental downside to this way of fundraising for mission and ministry, which is that it can inadvertently lead us to view financial stewardship not as a part of our Christian discipleship year-round, but rather like paying our dues or church membership fees or something. It's like the church is like Planet Fitness, but for your soul, right? And you just need to keep your, your membership current so you can show up. That's, that's the unintended consequence of doing it that way. And sometimes it can. Like sometimes it can feel like a subscription fee or even at worst like some sort of church tax that's like levied on you. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is what you need to do to be a, a member of the parish, you know? Um, and that's not what stewardship is meant to be. That's not what it is, right? And we don't want it to be that, but I, again, I think it's sometimes an unintended consequence of treating stewardship in the way that we just do in the church today. And so I think Paul's words are an important reminder to us that financial stewardship is not just a season. It's not just a season that helps us figure out the budget for the next year. It's a way of living, a way of living in which our giving back to God what God has given to us is seen as a part of a larger life of generosity. Generosity of time, generosity of our talents, and yes, generosity of our treasure. It's a grace-filled response to the grace that we have been given. And it's something that as a community, we need to attend to not merely as a practical concern about church operations, but as a prayerful practice in the living of our faith. Now, one of the goals that we have at St. Richard's, and when I say we, I mean uh, not just myself. I'm not just talking about myself as if I've got like more people. I'm talking about uh, to, to lend more weight to what I'm saying. When I say we, I mean your vestry, finance committee, uh, Tom, who is our, our stewardship chair, our very faithful stewardship chair. But we want, uh, one of the goals at St. Richard's, uh, we want to create a culture of generosity. And not just create it, but actually tend to it, because it's already present. I've already seen it in so many ways since I've been here. Most notably, actually, and I'm going to, actually, this, this sermon's a little bit of some, almost like an extended announcement time. So I'm going to tell you some things that are coming up here in a second. Um, but getting a little ahead of myself, in a year that was incredibly lean for us as a parish, the leadership of, of, of this church decided to honor its promise to give away all of the proceeds of the pumpkin patch. And it was a banner year for the patch. And it was a year where we really could have used that money around here, I will tell you. But we decided to honor our promise to give it all away because that's what it looks like to have a culture of generosity. And that is the ember that we want to blow on, those coals right here as we're kicking things back off again. Okay, so anyway, we want to cultivate this here at St. Richard's. And so when I say to you in the announcements, as I sometimes do, that every single dollar that you contribute to this place does go directly to supporting the mission and ministry of our church, that isn't just like, a thing I say because it sounds nice or it's like the, you know, the fundraiser. It's true. Every single dollar actually does make a difference here. And we are grateful, immensely grateful for each and every gift that we receive. 
But one of the things that we as a staff and as a leadership team have felt convicted about is that it's hard for each of you to see yourselves as full participants in this ministry, because that's what it is. The giving of our, of our financial gifts is ministry, and that's really the thesis of this sermon, quite frankly. But it's hard for you to see yourself as a full participant in this ministry if we don't regularly and clearly communicate our parish's financial situation and goals to you so that we are addressing it as a team rather than just you finding out about it once a year at the annual meeting or during our stewardship campaign, okay? That's on us. And so, beginning soon, you will notice in your bulletins each week a little stewardship snapshot um, that'll have a little message uh, from Tom. Tom, I'm really glad you're here this morning, actually. This sermon, it's harder to give when you're not in the room. At 8 o'clock, I was like, the imaginary person, Tom, that you receive letters from in the mail. Um, but, uh, but Tom is going to put these together, and in the bulletin, you'll see a little snapshot of where we stand in terms of uh, revenue for the month, what expenses were, and what our budget was. Nothing fancy, but just something that you can see what's going on and keeping track of how we're doing uh, month by month. Uh, we're also going to be putting together a monthly stewardship update, a newsletter devoted just to the stewardship of the parish that will go out parish-wide via email. And this will include not just updates on financials, but also just things that happened that you might otherwise not know are going on in the life of this place, like the mic going out and us needing to order new microphones or the air conditioning having a problem and us having to pay to fix that or when we had a leak after the winter storm. Things that y'all need to know are happening at your church because it's your church and it's your resources and we need to communicate to you better about how we are using those and being good stewards of those resources to further the mission and ministry of this place. Even if it's something that's, you know, I mean, fixing the AC isn't sexy, until it's really hot outside, and then we really, you know, we're grateful it's on and still works. But we're going to be doing that, okay? So look for those to start here soon. And this is all coinciding around something that would be happening anyway, which is that you would be receiving your mid-year giving statements that will be mailed out uh, in uh, around mid-July, okay? Those will be coming out. But accompanying those statements will be financial information that breaks down the parish's finances year to date so you can see more in detail and in depth where we are and where we hope to be. We'll also, a little later in the summer, be releasing information and hosting an informational meeting about the parish hall in particular and the remaining debt that's on the parish hall and what we're doing to think through a plan for how to address that and address it together. Right now, we've just been focused on, we need to get to the other side of the pandemic and then we're gonna work on what to do next. But we know that there needs to be some clarity around that for folks and that y'all have questions about where we stand and where we wanna be. So that's coming up as well. And it's our hope that these things will help bring clarity to our situation so that we can better look ahead and live into the kind of vocation that Jesus is calling us to, the kind, be the kind of place that Jesus is calling us to be. Now, to conclude, I, I want to say I know, I know that it has been a difficult and challenging year for everyone in one way or another. And St. Richard's has certainly not been immune as an institution. 
Back at our annual meeting at the start of the year, I mentioned that one of our goals is to get ourselves back on a financially sustainable path because we've got to figure out, again, what to do with the mortgage on the parish hall. We can't really afford to assume that into our operating costs, and we're going to have to figure out how to approach that. But I do want to say that even though in terms of pledged revenue we're down a couple hundred thousand dollars compared to pre-pandemic levels, we are actually on pretty stable footing and things look decent as we're headed into the fall. Monthly giving is up month on month, which is great. Thank you, everyone. And I think that's coinciding with us getting back together and people being able to get back in the building again. And there's momentum and energy, and that's, that's wonderful. But we do have some challenges before us. We have been running extremely, extremely lean, cutting our program budget to almost zero to be able to continue to keep staff on and do things like that. We've delayed uh, staff raises to make sure that we can make it through. And I think y'all are, y'all need to know that kind of stuff. Because again, we're in this together. This isn't something that we should make opaque and difficult to know, okay? So, Again, even though we do have some challenges that lie ahead, we are in a stable position. And we are in the process of coming up with plans, again, around the parish hall and other things, to help us move forward into this next chapter. So while we aren't where we eventually hope to be, we are in a relatively strong position to come out of the pandemic and into this new phase of life. And despite, like I said, the dip in revenue and the cuts to many of our program budgets, your parish leadership has continued to be generous in our giving, and our staff has been immensely entrepreneurial and resourceful in making an incredible ministry happen, even without the resources that they have become accustomed to. And look, I know that the pandemic impacted many of your financial situations, whether it was direct job loss or even just the uncertainty of this and what was going to happen on the other side. I know that. And so to end this morning, I want to say a huge thank you. Thank you to all of you who have continued to support the work of your church through this time. You have given out of an abundance of grace, and that grace has multiplied. Through your gifts, we have been able, even in uh, with the cuts we've made to certain programs, we have still, uh, it's enabled us still to meet the needs of many in our community. We have helped give food assistance to folks. We have continued to uh, make donations to our service partners here in our community. We've been able to offer increased camp scholarships this year to ease the burden on families um, who were impacted, because it's not just by the pandemic. We also had that like crazy week of winter storms, uh, many of which, uh, or many of you are probably still rebuilding in some way from that. I know we still have some damage that's yet to be addressed. This has been a really hard and uncertain year financially for many of us. But All of these things that I have mentioned and much more have been enabled by the ministry that we share in this place and enabled by the gifts that you have contributed. And again, I want to say thank you. Now look, for those of you who have desired to give but whose situations have made it difficult this year, I want to say that we do also see your faithfulness too. We feel your prayers, and there is no shame in the challenge of what has been this truly unprecedented season. But I also know that there are some of you out there 
whose financial situation was blessedly unaffected this year, and even some for whom may have seen your situation improve. And I do want to humbly ask that as we move into the fall and begin to kickstart our ministries again, that you prayerfully consider how God might be calling you forward in this time of need as we look towards roaring back and coming back, not just to how we were before, but entering a new chapter with new life. Because here's the thing, right? There is not one thing over here called stewardship and one thing over here called discipleship or ministry. As I said, they are one and the same. There is merely our mission to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind and to love our neighbor as ourselves. To live as apparently the Macedonians did to live out of an abundance of joy at the marvelous works of God's grace. That is what we're here to do, and no matter what the balance sheet looks like, that is what we accomplish here in this place. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org. 